Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. This is another special Wednesday morning episode, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention my latest leadership book. It's called You Have the Watch, and it's available on my website and on Amazon. In fact, it's a number one new release and bestseller on Amazon. I'm really excited about this new book because it's not actually a book. It's a guided journal for leaders that will take you through an entire year of leadership training. There are 50 themes in the book, and each day you'll reflect on a different facet of that theme. This journal is designed to be on your desk at work for you to read and reflect on for about 15 minutes each morning. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them, and this journal helps you practice those skills. If you're interested in this guided journal, go to youhavethewatch.com or Amazon to pick up your copy today. Now, if you're looking for other ways to support what I do on this show, purchase any one of my books at johnsrenny.com, and podcast listeners can use the discount code DEEP at checkout to get additional savings. Also, I just wanted to mention that Deep Leadership is now ranked in the top 2.5% most popular shows out of 2.9 million podcasts globally, according to Listen Score. I wanted to thank each of you for listening in every week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking to a man who is taking a unique approach to teaching leadership concept, uh, concepts. His name is Neil Jurd. He's a former British Army officer who has developed an app called Leader Connect. This app allows leaders to both learn and connect with other leaders. He also creates amazing videos teaching fundamentals of leadership, and this was a fun discussion with someone who really shares my mission of building a world with better bosses, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Neil Jurd. Neil is the founder of Leader Connect, an online resource for leadership discussion and development. He is a former British Army officer who now teaches and trains executives and companies 
in leadership and team development. He has produced a series of leadership videos which are now widely viewed. He is the author of The Leadership Book, a step-by-step guide to excellent leadership. And I'm honored to have him on the show to talk about leadership, especially in these times of uncertainty and change in the workplace. So, Neil, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Yes, it's an honor to have you on the show. And uh, and I'm really excited about this discussion. Uh, and again, uh, one of the things that really stood out when we first met was your videos. These things are fascinating. We're going to get a chance to talk about it, but uh, these are just really good resources. And I really appreciate the fact that you put the effort in and got these out there because they're fantastic. But I want to start with your, your military career. You know, you rose to the rank of lieutenant colonel and served in a wide uh, range of roles, including leading a Gurkha squadron in Iraq. So tell us a little bit about why you chose the military life, why you joined the Army, and some of your experiences during the Army. Sure. Um, well, I, I always wanted to be a soldier. It, was, it wasn't really a, a conscious choice. I, <laughs> I, I just, I just, there was nothing that I was, nothing else that I would have done. Um, so... Uh, I, I was an army cadet, which is something that we have in uh, the UK. It's um, similar to scouts, but sponsored by the army. So I was an, I was an army cadet when I was at school. Um, I got a scholarship to Sandhurst, which is our officer training academy. Um, so that was my route into the army. Mm. And then uh, in, in the army, I was actually a logistics specialist. I was a logistics officer. Uh, but I did a whole range of different things. Some of it, some you've mentioned. I also led a counter-terrorist team in, sorry, a counter-terrorist training team in Yemen. Um, as you said, I led a Gurkha squadron in Iraq. I was in Sierra Leone uh, during the sort of the latter stages of the civil war. Um, so I went all over the place. I also had a great year in in Belize, which was fantastic. So I had some great <laughs> tours and some, some more challenging ones. So all in all, you spent something like 26 years in the military. Is that right? Yeah, regular and reserve. I, I think my regular service was uh, 17 years. Wow. Uh, then then I became a reservist after that. And um, I still have a role, actually, as the director of officer training for the Army Cadet Force for, for okay. adults volunteers. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you got into it and you stayed into it. And it's something that obviously was a passion for you. And uh, yeah, that's fantastic. You had a long career. I I spent five years in the military. That was about uh, all that time I had. And <laughs> I was ready to, I, I spent too much time under the ocean. And I said, it's time to time to do something different. So <laughs> I think but, it's very different. You see, I, I, I like, I like the sunshine. I used to try and get posted to the, mm. to the places with with sunshine whereas you you clearly went the other way yeah it clearly went the other way yeah no sunshine no no alcohol <laughs> no women that sort of thing yeah <laughs> so well you know one thing i too i was looking through your bio and you said you know you were actually injured in uh with a it was i guess a mortar fire attack in iraq tell us a little bit about that and you actually had to be uh evacuated and so so how what was that like it was um you know the thing that the I most think of is the matrix in mm. terms of everything slowing down. So, so I was in, um, we, we were based at Basra air station and, um, or sorry, Shiba, but, but, um, just, just outside the city. And, um, 
I was on a convoy going into Basra Palace, which is one of Saddam Hussein's uh, many stately homes. Yes. And um, we, we had a battalion base there. And, I, and I'd gone in to visit one of my officers who was supporting that battalion. And um, I remember it was, we were just about to head off, actually. We were just about to, to start the, uh, the logistic patrol back to where we came from. And I was just chatting to people and something, just something very odd happened. And it looked like a Coca-Cola, I say it's very odd. I mean, we did, we, as anyone who surfed out there will know, I mean, we came under fire of some sort pretty much every day for uh, for the whole tour. But a, a something like a Coca-Cola ring pull, like a little bit of mm, metal, yeah, yeah. just went across the ground a few feet away from me. And it was really odd. And I still don't quite know what, what that was but I have a feeling um that it was the first mortar round landing and not detonating um because I because then if um I was with one of my warrant officers and we kind of looked at each other and said helmets yeah and we we put up we put our help we were inside the base at this time and we put our helmets on and then a few seconds later something landed and um exploded and mm. I, I was looking right at it. There were a few of us around around this area, and I saw I saw this thing explode, and it was feet away. I mean, it was probably mm. about three 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 and a half meters away. I mean, it was very very close, and um, it was a eighty two millimeter mortar, which are mm. pretty big bits of uh, ordnance, and so I knew that this thing was exploding very close to me and I was looking at it and in all likelihood, there was nothing I can do. Although, although things happen really slowly, of course you can't, can't, they're actually happening in milliseconds. And um, so I I watched this thing explode. I, I thought that's it. I'm (laughs) this, this is probably my time where I'm going to get seriously hurt here. Yeah. I watched the shrapnel come out of it. And I, I, um, one particular piece of shrapnel, which is now, I don't know how, how well you can see it, but is now in there. Mm. I watched it come out of the mortar. I remember thinking, that's going to get me in the eye. And then, and then it didn't. Wow. <laughs> and uh, after that, there was time to take cover. And then just this, there was just the rest of the barrage came in. And uh, um, a lot of people were injured that day. There, there were um, two Chinook loads of, uh, you know, kind of medical casivacs, um came in and took took out the wounded. But yeah, it was a, a it was a terrifying experience actually. I mean, it's yeah, all, yeah, wow. They, however much we do it for a job, and we sort of we know we take that risk when it comes that close. Yeah, uh, you know, it still it still makes you stop. Yeah. How long was your recovery after? Oh. Hours. I was. I was back at work. Two oh, days really? Later. Okay. I wasn't. I, I was. I wasn't. Casi back back to the UK. I, I went back to the field hospital and I was treated, and then for the our, our unit was doing a fairly major move. The week after, we were moving everything, like our whole setup with a couple of hundred soldiers and all of the logistic support for the British force, and we were doing that. Um, uh, within days, I can't remember, but wow. With, wow. within a week, I've got pictures of me giving uh, the orders for that operation with 
my face looking like a successful squirrel, like totally swollen, like I had a mouthful of nuts. Um, so no, I was, I had, uh, I, I mean, I was, I was lucky. I was extremely lucky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To be able to see an explosion, to see the shrapnel, to see everything moving in slow motion, and then to be back at work uh, right away, giving orders, yeah. and and that's uh, that's fascinating. I know. You know, my experience, nothing like that. But um, yeah, you, like you say, you train for these things. You know that it's a possibility, but you never expect it to to actually happen. And uh, and it did for you. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So when did you um, start transitioning to uh, after you left the military? I know you did some other you did. You, you were with, with some other companies. But when did you start saying that you wanted to focus on leadership and helping organizations with leadership development? And, and why did, do you have such a passion for leadership like you have? Um, there's a few parts to that, John. So I, I left the army and I was head of logistics for British Sugar. But then mm -hmm. um what I don't think you know because I haven't mentioned it, but my, my wife died very suddenly in a in mm. a crash when I was um I'd been out of the army for a few weeks. Mm. And at the time my children were very young. They were mm. two and four. And uh it meant that I I had to give up corporate life. You know, I couldn't do mm. hosting clients or working long hours while the, the kids needed me. So um so I stopped that type of work. And um, then over the next few years, I was just invited to do stuff, to talk about leadership or to, you know, could I work? It was, it was friends actually saying, could you work with this person or could you um, uh, could you come and give a talk? And I, I did that and that moved into me being a course director for an organization called the Leadership Trust. Uh, and then from there, I started to set my own stuff up I, um and uh i guess over the last few years that's that's grown and grown and there's now there's now 12 people involved in administrating or delivering um what what i call my stuff <laughs> that's great that's that's good to hear but I, I just go back i mean you you mentioned you know your your wife passing away having to raise children there you know, uh, I've had other guests on the show, similar situation um, where they had young children, their wife, they lose their wife. And, yeah. you know, you, you're in, you know, then you're talking about leading your family at that point, right? Uh, leading yeah. young children, the yeah. loss of their mom, you, you lose a loved one. And yet, again, it's like being injured and have to carry on. You, you are dealing with unimaginable grief, yet you have to be there for your your two young children. So I imagine having that military experience was probably beneficial in, in, in dealing with that kind of a situation in your life. I think so. And and I um I, I always saw it that I had no option. I, I I had to carry on. It was I had to look after the girls. I had to uh help them through what was totally devastating and inexplicable for them you know for me of course i understood what had happened uh for a two-year-old it's, it's not, just yeah they can't make sense of it mm -hmm. um i i think that i managed to find or i understood the importance of purpose and i i set up a charity in memory of of michelle my wife um 
uh, and that gave me some kind of intellectual challenge out, outside of single parenting. I mean, single parenting is, as, as you'll, you'll realise, it's just incredibly tough. It's incredibly yeah. hard. Yeah. You suddenly find you're making every decision on your own. And I, I didn't find it easy. Mm. I didn't, it's prob- no, it, it is the hardest thing that, that I've done was bringing up the girls when they were when they were very young and suddenly from being often away on tour in the early years of their lives you know I was, I'd be in Iraq or Yemen or whatever and suddenly I was on my own looking after two children you were, yeah you were you were a 100% parent at that yeah, point yeah very much so how old are they today um 17 and 14 oh wow wow so that's 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 powerful. And again, I think that's a that's leadership right there. You have to lead even, you know, and I, I think so we find ourselves in leadership positions where emotionally we're struggling with something, yet we still have to carry on and we still have to move forward. And you had to be there for your yeah. children, you know, despite your 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 uh, you know, the, the emotions you're going through, you still had to be there for your children. I think leadership leadership is that way too. Sometimes we're we're hurt physically or or emotionally, and we still have to sort of raise the flag, smile, and move forward. And it's hard to do sometimes. And uh, that's the leadership journey is sometimes uh, it's you know it's it's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. You're the you're the one person in charge, and uh, so that's. Yeah, that's. I can imagine that. I can only imagine how difficult that would be. Um, I don't. I don't I'm, unfortunately, it hasn't happened to me. But uh, yeah, very difficult. Um, uh, so, to going back to the leadership side, you know, you talk. You took talk a little bit about the importance of leadership, especially now. I mean, we've got post COVID. We've got um, you know economic uh, recovery. That's uh, you know the economy is struggling in, in a lot of countries, especially in the United States right now and the UK. I understand. Um, why is leadership so important post-COVID with all the changes in the workplace? Why is it more important than ever? I think le- leadership um, is how things happen. Mm. If, if things are wrong, if things aren't, aren't working well, and there's a, a better state that we want to achieve, to get, to get people to work together, to get people to move towards it, um, we, we need leadership. And leadership for me is about being clear what you're trying to achieve. I talk about um, clear and compelling purpose and then connecting people with that purpose, that being the role of the leader. And so when you see something that's wrong, whether, whether it's in a school, whether it's in a factory, whether it's at the national level, um, it's leadership which will make the difference that puts that issue right. Mm. Uh, and we need great leadership. I mean, just getting us through COVID uh, you can see the parts of the world that were really well led, and the fact that they they lost fewer people to to COVID. I mean, right. le- leadership's what makes things happen and what keeps people safe. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think when in the, when there, especially when there's times of uncertainty and there's chaos. Um, you know, I always uh, liken it to you know at sea when the when the seas are calm and everything is is mm. easy um you don't necessarily look to leaders you know but when the seas are rough and you're in a major storm as i was north atlantic heavy you know massive winter storm you i look to the captain like i hope mm. you know what you're doing you know like you you look to leaders when when the time gets uh, uh when things get ugly and i think that we i think we're in a time right now where there is a lot of uncertainty and so we are looking to our leaders 
to uh, to guide, set direction, set purpose, communicate that purpose, and for us to you know to to have faith in the people that are in charge that they know what they're doing. You know, they're, you're looking at the storm going. I really hope you know what you're doing right now. You know, uh, yeah, very much so. Looking hopefully, hopefully at the leaders, ho- hoping that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Hoping they know what they're doing. Exactly, exactly. Um, we, we mentioned it a little bit, but um, you developed a series of leadership videos and you recently did one, this doodle video, which is absolutely wonderful. I, I love it because it's just such a good primer, leadership primer. And, um, you know, it's hard to take all these ideas and compress them in a way that is easily digestible. <laughs> and uh, why have you chosen videos as a teaching tool? It's, it's funny when you say it's hard. So when you pay the doodle artist 650 yeah. pounds a minute, <laughs> it's, it's remarkable how easy it is to compress your ideas <laughs> when there's a yes. very bill, bill for them. Um, but I, I wanted to, so for me, leadership's really simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it comes down to a few basic behaviors um being really clear what you're trying to the, th- the things i say in the video which are mm-hmm. about connection and direction like mm-hmm. really connecting with people and being clear what you're trying to achieve and I, I think there's a lot of literature a lot of stuff on online on youtube wherever that um complicates leadership it, pe- people try to intellectualize it to the point that your average person can't make any sense of it uh, so, so the idea with the video was to, in six minutes, t- tell you what to do. Um, if you follow that, if you know nothing else, you, you'll probably improve your leadership. You'll probably you will be more effective if you do if you yeah. do those things. So that was the thinking behind it. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I absolutely love it because one of the things I struggle with as someone that's trying to teach, train, uh, promote leadership is that the 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 people that are traditionally good leaders already are are consuming leadership books and podcasts and uh, yeah. they're going to seminars they're watching TED talks they they want to get better and it's the people that are maybe less self aware or that are traditionally a, a a bad boss if you will they're not taking the time to consume 
leadership content, but 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 the the video itself could sneak into their whatever on their social media page or something, and then they start out of curiosity. You sort of watch it to see where it's going. The way, especially the way that doodle video is set, you want to know where it's headed because it, you know there's sort of like a flow to it, and so you may just capture those people that are traditionally not looking for leadership literature and all of a sudden they just got themselves a leadership lesson. And that's the thing I like about it is you might capture those people that are traditionally staying away from the kind of things that we're trying to do uh, as leadership educators. It's leadership by, by stealth. And, and a lot of leaders, <laughs> a lot of people in senior positions yeah. think that they should already know it all. And yes. that there'd be some sort of a, an admission of weakness in, in, learning more in in uh, in doing leadership training and and i've found and i i don't know whether it's the same in the states but most people in leadership positions have had no leadership training and you know in quite yeah. senior positions uh so the error just gets compounded more and more as they become more senior without really having any leadership foundations to to base it on so yeah if i can if i can get these ideas um in front of people without them noticing well that that would be great yeah that's that's what i think is happening and that's why i like i like the idea um you know you say something in in the, in the one video that i really like you say leadership is about passion and purpose not privilege and position yeah uh, and that's strange from a military guy right isn't it all about your rank that's important isn't that what leadership is but I don't think you believe that either. <laughs> no, um, I do not. <laughs> um, and no, no, it's, I mean, it's absolutely not. Pe- people will obey the rank, but they'll only obey. And you mm. and you have to do all of the thinking for them. And you have to direct absolutely every aspect of their, of their work because they're not excited. They're not engaged. They haven't bought into your idea. Mm. Um, I, I think I say in the video that I, I see rank as the most or, or grade rank grade position as the most fragile forms of influence that that yes. we have. And if you're ever pulling rank to get stuff done, you pretty much failed. Those, those yeah. people aren't with you. There's there's yeah. no energy. There's no creativity. There's no buzz. They're not they're not yeah. working at the same thing that you're working at. They're not working towards that objective. They're just yeah. trying to stay out of trouble and trying to please the boss. So. Um, no, I, I think rank with rank comes the responsibility ultimately to make sure that you're clear what the objective is and that the objective is met. Um, but beyond that, you're going to have people who are cleverer than you, more innovative than you, more creative than you. And from my own leadership background, I know what it is to lead lots of people who are better at almost everything than than me you know yeah. specialists yeah. specialists especially in you know in in any company the more technical the company is the more ridiculous it is if the boss wants to be the expert at everything you can't be absolutely can't be yeah and and i think the sooner you realize that as a boss the real and you realize that the collective wisdom of your team is what is 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 what's available to you it, it's kind of mind blowing when you say, "Oh, I don't have to yeah. know everything, but I have to have the pe- the right people around me that that do know how to do everything, and and that there are experts in, especially as a startup company, 
during our journey as startup, there were experts in certain areas that would just like, I got this, you know, we're putting a computer system in, I got this, I, you know, and yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're setting up a sales team. Another guy's like, I got this, you know, we're setting up the manufacturing operation. I got this. So there were experts along the way. And I sort of had to just make sure that the direction was clear, but I also got out of the way, got good people working for yeah. me and basically get out of the way. And then remove obstacles and make sure that they had everything they needed to be successful. That was more my mission. It wasn't telling them how to do things. It was sort of saying, this is where we're headed. What do you need from me to get there, you know, type of thing. And, and, and when you stand back and let great people do what they love to do, magic happens, right? It's, it's just, it's something that's, that's unusual. You know, it's, 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 you don't see this in most places when it does happen. It's a fun thing to see when, 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 when everything's hitting on all cylinders and everybody's doing what they love to do and they're, and you're, you as a group are achieving objectives. It's, it's, it's fun. Yes. But, but most leaders or many leaders think that it's kind of their job to control and to almost be a martyr to the organization and uh, it slows things down. And what, you know, what you describe, it's, it's exactly it. This yeah. idea of the boss getting out the way, I've, nobody ever teaches that, but it's so important. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. It's, it's very important that we give our good people, hire great people and let them do great things, you know? Yes. And, uh, and I think we, we sort of miss out on that. So sometimes we, we hire these, you know, people come to our companies and they've got, you know, they've spent their whole life preparing to work to get a job at this at our at our firm. Yeah. And the first thing we do is we tell them, there's your cubicle, here's your procedures for you know filling out an expense report, here's your procedure for this, here's this, here's this. And we just burden them with rules. And we and they're like, but I'm really, I'm a really good engineer. Well. You you'll get you'll get grunt work for the first five years before you get a chance to to bring your creativity to the table, and it's I think that's that's disheartening when I see that in companies where we don't let good good people be, bring their best to work every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very common. Yep. Um, one one thing I was going to say is you you in the video one you also said that the at the um, at Sandhurst the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst that has the motto "Serve to Lead." Um, you know, why should uh, today's managers consider adopting a similar type of uh, motto? Why is that motto, uh, why is it there for, in the first half and what does it mean? So for, for me, it's the idea that as as the leader, actually one of the points I make in the book is that as the leader, you, you are, um, and you shouldn't consider that you're any better than anybody else in the team. It's just, it's just your job to lead. That's, that's, your, that's your role. You, you don't have that um, position because of some uh, because of your brilliance because of because <laughs> you're inherently better. You, you're just a team member, and you serve the team by doing your job really well. Mm. Um, it, it is an act of service to be a really good leader, and 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 um, so therefore you should study leadership and you should you should make sure that your leadership is really effective. But then also in the service, this idea of service is the idea, and um, people talk a lot about servant leadership. I think it, it it might be the same concept, but the idea, there's a humility in leadership. There's mm. a, a, a an army thing that we were taught at, at Sandhurst was about checking your soldiers' feet after a route march. And mm. I mentioned that in, in the book, the fact that you genuinely care you gen- you you look at people's feet if they've got blisters you you know if you you either help treat them or you make sure that they get treatment for them but you 
you genuinely care for the mm. for these people that you that you look after. Um, you also you look after them. I mean, in the business context, looking after them will be it will be different from that, but it will be making sure that they're enabled, making sure if they've got something going on at home that's distracting them, that you look after them. You know, if mm. they need if they need some time off to come back as their best self, you get you you give it to them so mm. you, you look after the people and and give and that gives them the freedom to to do the job really well yeah i think that's fantastic yeah i i, I agree with you and, and even you know i know when i'm out on the shop floor and i'm looking at people uh i'll i'll, I'll notice you know are they wearing their safety glasses and it's not because i want them i want them to follow the rules i do it because i care for them and i don't i don't want them to get hurt why they're out in the shop. You know, I'm looking to see if they've got their steel toe shoes. I'm making sure that if they're on the forklift, they've got their seatbelt on. So it's yeah. it's about, but it's but when they see me do it because they know me, they know I do it because I care and I don't want to see them hurt. And I actually sell them yeah. that. You know, I'll say, hey, you should wear your seatbelt when you're doing that because if this forklift goes over, you don't want to get crushed. And that's the whole yeah. point of wearing, oh, and thanks, I forgot about it. You know, I don't want to see you get hurt. I actually say that. I don't want to see you get hurt. And yes. it's this idea of caring, not not it's not it's not compliance, it's caring. And I think there's a difference between the two. Yeah, very much so. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I also have this problem. I mentioned privilege elsewhere. I think I, you know it's in the um, it's in the video. But the idea of this kind of divine right to lead. And yeah. I found the people who think they have a divine right to lead often make the absolute worst leaders because they're not serving. They right. they don't see it as service at all. They they think that everyone's there to serve them because of their because of their privilege, because of their background. But you know, these are the people that nobody wants to work for. They're in it for yeah. themselves. Yeah. And um I just don't buy that. I think that anyone can lead effectively. And it, however humble your background, it 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 just doesn't matter. Is yeah. anyone can lead if you've got a purpose. And yep. many of the best leaders have had to work really hard to get where they are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it doesn't. I think I think humility is a big part of it. I think the the fact that I always say this is that the people closest to the customer, the people adding value to our products, the people that are talking to the customers on the phone, our call centers, anyone that's in direct contact with customers are are much more important than me as the boss. Much more important. I, I don't I don't talk to customers every day. I don't yeah. build the products that end up at our at our customer site. So they are more important yeah. than I am. And, and I have to make sure they have what they need to be successful to take care of our customers. And yeah. I think that's a it's a, it's like that inverted pyramid, they say. You know, the boss is actually not at the top, but at the bottom, really. It's in yeah. terms of importance. It, it's what's important is is the hourly employee that's that's assembling this product that's going in a box. That has to be right. If if I screw up, if I screw up on an email, it's not going to be, it's not going to affect my customer quality, you know. So but that that person on the assembly line or whatever they're doing, they need you to be passionate about leadership, which you know, luckily for them, you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So your your book is actually called the leadership book, which I love the title of. Uh, and uh uh and the uh, the subtitle is uh, a step-by-step guide to excellent leadership. But when you wrote it, what what was the purpose behind actually writing the book and getting it all in writing? What what was your hopes for the book when you first wrote it? Do you know actually the title when when I wrote it, it had a, a more convoluted title, what I thought was a more snappy title. And um 
obviously it was for for sale on the first outlet was through Amazon, but through a friend of mine who was a seller on Amazon, and and uh, he said Neil ch- change the title. <laughs> so why he said well if people want to book about leadership, what are they going to type into Google? The leadership book, so or leadership <laughs> book. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We called it the leadership book because if you're looking for a leadership book, you you absolutely will will find mine. You find um, you found it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of w- w- what it's about, well, I see leadership as really, as really simple, and and the book and the videos all all capture leadership in a series of short lessons, be they chapters or kind of eight eight minute videos. And I've found it strange that there's so much noise around leadership, so mm. much intellect intellectualization and theory. Whereas it really comes down to a few basic things. And I just thought I should write it down. I just thought <laughs> it, instead of find, I just needed to do something about it. Um, so so I just started writing my ideas and I've always enjoyed writing. Um, it was lockdown, actually, where I wrote the book. We, we were not allowed anywhere here for, um, well, for months. And that was great. It was a... A, a sunny summer and I just spent time thinking and writing and put my ideas in one place in terms of what it's there for I think anyone can lead and I want people to know that and I I, I think the world would be a significantly better place if we were well led not not manipulated not dominated not um coerced but genuinely led by people who were there to serve us in all of our best interests. So for me, leadership's everything. And where where you get unhappiness, where you get uh, inequality, where you get miserable places to work, where you get poor education, you'll find an absence of leadership. So by, by getting these simple ideas out there, I'm hoping that there's a, a ripple effect where people's lives will be made better because they read the book or they follow the videos and they just make these make these changes. I love it. I think that's great. And it's 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 a great it's it's a great passion project of yours, I can tell. And uh and yeah. the re- and the results is people read these and read it and they understand it. I think you're right. We do need better leadership. We 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 lack it in a lot of places. I see it. I know it's frustrating to be someone that 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 loves leadership and loves good leadership when you see bad leadership in a especially yeah. in a public level big companies or governments and you're just like how can how can a population this big put a person like that in charge you know and and it's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to deal yeah. with when you you know <laughs> not to how get political but yeah, yeah how do they not know right exactly yeah. exactly we, we so. end up led by people who've been advised by focus groups and who've been right right um you know who've got lots of interest in you know lots of investment in them lots of um lots of think tanks but they've had almost no leadership training again very very few senior politicians have actually had leadership training they're trained in everything apart from the absolute core of what they're there to do for us which is lead which is to lead yeah lead communicate tell us direction what's your vision what's the hope you know I, i just think that's it's 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 painfully missing in a lot of cases so yeah um 
So this, this has been fascinating. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all this. Uh, I want to encourage people to uh, find the videos. They're fun to watch. I think they're really great and, con- uh, and, and they really condense difficult leadership lessons in, in like one easy place and easy to understand. I think they're really well done. And the leadership book, fantastic. I didn't get a chance to dive in too deep about it, but there's a lot of great stuff in the book. Um, that I do encourage people to look for. It's called The Leadership Book, A Step-by-Step Guide to Excellent Leadership. Neil, how can people find out more about your books, your videos, your website? I think the easiest way, actually, is to find our app, which you can now get to through uh, Apple, is it Apple Store and Google yeah. Play or the other way around? But you can, That's you can it. get yeah. to the two main platforms. It's it's the Leader Connect app. And we've yeah. only launched that a week ago. Um also, leaderconnect.co.uk is the uh, is the our, our main site. Uh, we've got a podcast, not, not, nothing like yours, John, but we've got we've got a podcast. Uh, we get some interesting people on there. Again, it's Leader Connect. It's on all the main platforms, and the book. Uh, I, I know it. You can get it through Amazon in the states. You can, uh, yeah. It's also I found on, it. Did, did okay. you? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, any any of those and obviously i think if you type in my name it will lead you to most of that stuff and we've got a youtube as well which is where the doodle video that you like is is on okay very good we'll put links to that in the show notes and for those of you following me on social media i'll probably retweet that video a few more times i I love it and it's like such a great video and we'll put links to all these resources in the show notes uh so neil thank you for coming on the show thank you for um having a passion towards leadership and then in doing your best to get the word out in very creative ways like these videos and your book. So thank you for doing what you do. John, thank you. And thank you so much for having, having me on the show. I've, I've loved this. It's been a, uh, I've kind of wanted to meet you for a while. So it's been, <laughs> been great, actually. Thank you. I just, I, my same, same here. I really enjoyed the discussion and, uh, and look forward to continue to, to talk leadership with you in the future. Brilliant. Cheers, John. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love.
available now wherever you listen to music. One, two, three,